Thank you for listening to the First Christian Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Here you will be able to listen to all of our Sunday morning sermons. Be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a sermon. Enjoy today's message. Some of you probably do. Some of you may have never seen a commercial. You live in a commercial-free environment. I can't hardly believe that, but that's possible today. We're starting a new series, and if you're joining us online, we're glad you're with us. It's the power of influence. And I think everyone has influence. Now, today, they've hijacked that idea of influencer. An influencer today is an individual who has the power to affect purchase decisions of others because of their authority knowledge or relationship with their audience. You can be a mega influencer. I don't think I know any mega influencers, but maybe you follow some mega influencers on social media. The big idea of this series, and it's only going to be two weeks, we're going to start the book of Romans on Mother's Day. I'm super excited about that. So if you want to do an in-depth study of a whole book of the Bible, we're going to start Romans chapter 1, the theology, the doctrine of the New Testament by the Apostle Paul. We're going to start on Mother's Day. But the big idea for this series is you have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, one expression of love might change someone else's life. Maybe you could remember a point or a moment in your life where someone influenced you, said something, did something that changed the course of your life. That happened to me about 34 years ago. Stacy's grandfather, my wife's grandfather, uh, we were down in Washington, Indiana at a time, and I was considering coming and applying for First Christian Church Brazil, Indiana. I was at First Christian Church Washington, Indiana, hour and a half away. I have family, I had people that were up here and encouraged me, but there was a moment where I thought, eh, I like where I am. I don't know if I want to move. And Stacy's grandfather said, Chris, I moved from Warsaw, in Indiana, Edna Green, Indiana, to Plano, Texas, because there was a job, and he became the plant manager of Chrysler Boat Company in Plano. And he said, you know, if I wouldn't have done that, my life wouldn't have turned out the way it has. You need to go, and you don't know unless you try. And that was a moment in time where the Lord put John Huffman in my way and encouraged me. And I attribute that to him as well as God and by God's grace. And that was a decision that was impacted by one person in a moment at just the right moment. Maybe you have that in your lives. That's what we want to be. I want you to inspire you to be that person in those lives around you. And so the question then becomes, what is this all about? And I'm so glad you asked, or otherwise I wouldn't have anything to say today. But if you have your Bibles, please turn to 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to do a short study in the book of 2 Timothy, just really, really quick, about the importance of influence. Jesus said this, that he wants us to be 
salt and to be light, be the salt and the light of the world, a city on a hill. So our influence, we are commissioned by Jesus to make a difference, to influence and inspire others toward him. So today I want to look at First Timothy or Second Timothy chapter one, verse one. And the first point is it's all about relationships. Isn't it? Influence is all about relationships. We want to redeem that word and use it for God and not to sell you something, but to inspire you to something. And see the problem with this whole social media thing, and it can be used for good and it can be used for evil, obviously. Uh, years ago, I was trying to figure out whether I wanted to be on Facebook or not, and an old friend of mine from high school that I was in youth group with contacted me and said, hey, uh, I want you to be my friend on Facebook. And I basically said, I'm not going to get on Facebook because it's the devil. And social media is bad, it's evil. And then I had to step back and through some influence in my life, I had to say, well, what am I going to use it for? What is going to be, how can I live authentically online and not get caught up in all of the stuff of uh, the online persona kind of thing? And I just don't want to post uh, uh, Bible verses all the time, and I don't want everybody to see what I eat for breakfast all the time. I didn't want either one of those, I knew, and so... What I decided is I was going to try not to be political, and I want you to try to guess what kind of political alignment I have because I'm not going to post it online, and I'm not going to tell you from the pulpit because I'm not going to serve a lesser king than Jesus Christ. If we get lost in all the other things and we don't serve Jesus, folks, what kind of influence have we had? And I, and I don't want to build a platform, but I want to be an encouragement and an inspiration to others in a specific way. And, and the idea is that true and lasting influence always starts with people before platform. And, and the folks that I have gotten to know and I love and have encouraged me in my spiritual growth and life, have mentored me, have always been about people and not about their platform and, and their relationship with Christ was the ultimate, most important thing. So today, as we read this passage, I want you to think about how they interact with each other and what is the most important thing that they are about. And so let's look. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the Life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice how intimate the Apostle Paul is. He calls him his son. He is his spiritual son. He says, I thank God whom I serve as I, as did my ancestors with clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Here is an intimate relationship 
The Apostle Paul meets Timothy in Acts chapter 16 as he is on a missionary journey, probably a second missionary journey, to Lystra. And he hears about this guy named Timothy who was faithful, who was inspired by his grandmother and his mother to be in faith, second-generation Christian, follower of Jesus. And Paul takes him under his wing and takes him along with him to mentor him, to grow him, but also to pass the baton on to him as an evangelist and as a missionary. And he cares about him personally. In fact, he entrusts him with the church at Ephesus as their lead pastor. And Timothy, Paul's writing Timothy now from a dungeon to Ephesus, and he's also addressing the whole church in Ephesus as he's encouraging Timothy. And he's saying, hey, relationships matter. Relationships are like dropping a pebble in a mud puddle, mud puddle, <laughs> mud puddle, and the 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 impact spreading, and that's what you do in every room you enter. You make a difference. Christ in you, your spirit makes a difference. Now, the challenge is today is this: that we have friends. Now, I didn't check in between service times because I was teaching the loyal Bereans today. I don't know how many friends I have online. I know it's over a thousand, and, and, and I'm not a mega influencer by no means. But, but we can all have friends, and I'm sure that all those friends, if I had a need, if I needed, had a ditch that needed to be dug, if I had a toilet that needed to be replaced, I know they would show up and they would help me. Right? No, they're not my friends at all. In fact, in today's culture, if you have 1.2 friends, I don't know why they put the point two. How can you have a point two friend? That's about the average number of friendships that we have. Our friendship circles have shrunk as we have more and more, quote, friends. Think about your relationships and who you're closest to. I would challenge you that it doesn't extend beyond your relatives very, very far. And then we have followers. Today we have followers, quote, followers. I just want you to know, I'm a rock star on TikTok. You probably didn't know that because most of you probably aren't on TikTok. But thanks to our children's pastor, who is also our communications director, every once in a while he'll say, hey, Chris, you want to do a TikTok? And you know what I say? Sure. And he'll always have me do a stupid TikTok. And people will laugh, and, and, and it's kind of fun, but, but it also hopefully inspires some curiosity of why is this crazy old guy as a pastor on TikTok. And maybe they'll check out and find out more about us and come to know Christ. And so that influence, you got to understand, there's not a lot of old people on TikTok and so it's kind of an oddity. It's kind of a curiosity. In fact, old people rate in TikTok's environment. It's crazy, but that's the way it is because it's so unusual. But really, the followers that we want to have, we want to inspire for Christ, don't we? Because that's the number one 
thing. He's the number one person in our life. And we want to impact others. The, the idea is that as we as family, a Christian family, as a church family, as well as biological family, relational families, we need to model and encourage an authentic faith, just like uh, Lois and Eunice did for Timothy, just like Paul did for Timothy. We need to pass the baton on. So it's all about relationships, but it's also all about calling. Well, how can it be all about relationships and all about calling? Well, let's just see what Paul says to Timothy. Look at verse 6. He says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. You are all gifted of God if you're a believer. If you've received uh, salvation, you have the Holy Spirit residing in you. You have a gift from God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, we didn't have the Apostle Paul lay hands on us. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Now, that self-control is kind of a foreign concept to our culture. But we're called to have self-control. And he says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us, and listen, and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day which has been entrusted to me. We have... A calling. I was teaching Loyal Brands earlier this morning, and we were talking about callings and how there's not as many people going into full-time Christian ministry. And this is not what the Apostle Paul is doing, but we need as a church to pray that God would raise up men and women to serve the Lord. There's just not many of them. And churches are, in the future years, as boomers retire, there's not going to be as many pastors, teachers, evangelists, missionaries. And and they are being called, but we need to encourage them in their vocation. Now, for you, do you know that you are called, no matter what vocation, no matter what profession, whatever you do, you have a calling on you to do that work as unto the Lord, but also to represent Christ wherever you are, however you are, to glorify Him, to be salt and light in the world. And I I just want to encourage you with this. You don't have to have your life together to influence someone for Jesus. You don't have to live your life perfectly. In fact, if you're authentic and vulnerable, it will speak more loudly. But people are looking for families that that are following Jesus, that, that are salt and light and working. Because families are struggling today. People are looking for responsible men and women 
who convey Christ that show up to work on time and actually give a day's work for a day's wage because that's unusual now. So you have an impact. I, I read a story recently, and it's about a guy named Scott Foster. He was an emergency goalie in the NHL. And he was the emergency goalie for the uh, Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks. And they were playing the Winnipeg Jets. And this happened two or three years ago. So the deal is, if you're the emergency goalie, you get your own box seat, you get all the beer and nachos that you can drink and eat. But, and it's never been used before, if the first goalie and the second goalie get injured, then you get in the game. Well, Scott is a 36-year-old accountant, an accountant, and he's sitting in the box, and the, the first string goalie w- was injured, the second string goalie got injured, and in the third period of the game, Scott is called into the game, and so he gets his gear on, helmet on, and he says, I blacked out. Now, he hasn't played hockey and by the way, hockey is a contact sport. He hasn't played as a goalie for at least a decade, and he had played as a college student for Western Michigan University. This is true, people. He went down into this professional game as goalie, and he stopped seven attempts on goal, received a perfect record, and got paid Beer and nachos. (laughs) I can't make that up. He's the only one of the few in the NHL of goalies that actually played that long and have a perfect record. Now, here's the deal. You might feel like you're the emergency goalie, but you have a calling, and God is calling you to do your part. Only you can do what you can do. You're the only one that makes a ripple in your puddle. I can't do that for you. It is all dependent on you. And here's 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 the thing. A life that gives a person fulfillment, purpose, and eternal significance is only found in Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. And that's your calling. You see... Every one of you, every Christian, should be able to explain and share what it means to be saved by God's grace. That is just simply the gospel. Here is how it has impacted me. Here is how I came to Jesus. This is why I was baptized into Christ. Here's the difference and the ripple effect it's made in my life and it can make in your life. And and I'm not perfect. I'm saved by grace. And you can be too. Just It's just that simple. So we're looking at relationships. We're looking at a calling that we all have if we're in Christ. And third, it's all about the treasure. Now in your Bible, in this passage that we're going to look at, it says guard the deposit. And that's not very exciting. That, that term deposit actually means treasure. But we'll get to that in a moment. But if you look in verses 13 and 14 of this passage, it says, follow the pattern of sound words that you've heard from me. Now, Paul is saying, look at my life. Look at my teaching. 
This is what I've lived. This is what I believe. This is what I profess. I'm passing it on to you. In the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit. Now, in some of your translations, it says guard the treasure entrusted to you. You see, there's a treasure inside of us. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the word of God that we live and should should believe and, and, and it should impact others as we go about serving him. Every believer needs to be a student of Scripture. And I hope that you are. I am so encouraged by your involvement with the Word of God. Spend some time every day just living in the Word and allowing Him to live inside of us, guarding the biblical truth that's in, in, in your life. And folks, we've got to guard the treasure of what is living in our lives and the Word of God. Everything around us bombards us with everything else. Only the Word of God is going to last inside of you. It's the only thing that's going to transform us through His Spirit. And I would challenge you that every person should examine his or her life to see if the belief and your conduct are in harmony. That's what we, we need congruity. We need to live what we believe in such a way. Now, that doesn't mean live perfectly. It doesn't mean that we're not going to make mistakes because we are, that we're human. We're sinful by nature, saved by grace. But God's going to do a work. Paul says it this way, I like this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. Your body, your your person is a jar of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Isn't that powerful? The treasure is contained in jars of clay. We're destructible. His word is indestructible. I heard a story about a pioneer woman who was on a wagon train out west to to find a better way of life. And she and her husband were in this wagon train and her husband died. And there was another family on the wagon train as well. And it was a man and a woman and a young girl, young daughter, and his wife died. And so they were kind of forced into a relationship on the wagon train And they actually married, although they weren't really husband and wife. And and there was a struggle, believe it or not, between stepmom and stepdaughter. And it wasn't going so well. And, And the mom's name was Marty and the little girl's name was Missy. And Marty went to her husband and she said, this isn't working. We need to to separate. This experiment has failed. Marriage is over. It wasn't a marriage anyway. It was just a way they could get across the United States. And the guy said to her, he looked her in the eyes and he says, well, I think it's working about the way I expected. (laughs) He didn't have high expectations for this. He said, this is kind of how I figured it would work. She said, well, your daughter is still in grief and she hates me. And he said, well, she needs you. It's so important 
you're making an influence on her life. And she said, well, I don't feel like I'm doing a good job and I don't think it's working. And he said, oh, I think it is. He said, no effort, no, no effort, great or small, ever counts for nothing. It's not in vain. It's not empty. You're doing what you need to do. And she said, well, I don't see how you could be so hopeful. And he said, well, I've prayed about it. Because he believed in the power of her influence. You know, there's a God in heaven who sent his son because he, lied, oh, he, he loves you and he cares about you. But, but, but that's not the end of the story. He believes in you because he gave you a calling. You matter to him and you make a difference in every room you enter. It's just a, you realizing the power of your influence makes such a great difference in every life you touch. So today I just pray that God will use his influence in you to make a difference where you are. That you will allow that to happen. And if you haven't come under the influence of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, if you never confessed him as Savior and Lord, I pray that today would be the day and that your life would make a difference for all eternity just like each one of our lives should and will if we turn them over to God. Will you please stand as I pray? Eternal God, Father, we are grateful once again as we come to you. And Father, we just know and believe that you are doing a work and we are persuaded and we are convinced that you will complete it in us every individual in this room and father that that influence and that power would be reflected in our lives that others might know others might be saved that others might be actualized their calling and father we just pray that you would find us faithful in this father we give you all the praise and all the glory and father we pray in Jesus' name, amen.